Amen. You can be seated. It is now time for Children's Church. So you are pre-K through third grade. It is time to go with Miss Hope upstairs. If you've never been with us before, the kids hear the gospel in their own language one time a month. We do family worship. The sermon is shorter in those days, and uh, hopefully it's encouraging to our families. Uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's nice to have a moment to hear the word of God preached over us. Uh, other times, and also it's good for them to hear the gospel in their own language. So all of those things at play here, and praise the Lord for our little ones as they are just as important as every single person in our body. Well, <clears throat> last week we did something different. We were only able to get through one point of the sermon so we are going to get through points two and three today, praise the Lord, in this ever important text of First Corinthians chapter 12. So this morning we are continuing in our series, Gifted to Give, as we continue to understand spiritual gifts. If they can be understood, we are trying to understand them as a body in order for us to be used for the glory of God. Amen. <clears throat> I'd just like to say before we um, get started this morning that it is by God's grace that you are here this morning. It is by God's grace that I am here this morning. And I am very thankful to be a part of this church and Northwest Baptist. Um, there, there are probably many of you that are struggling this morning, um, and I just want to say um, it is an encouragement to be here with you. So um, we define spiritual gifts as unique supernatural abilities given to every Christian to build up the church for the glory of Christ. In the summary of where we have been in and through this series, we have been gifted to give a showing of the spirit of the living God as we, God's people, desire to be led by the spirit. And last time we were looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 as we, as Paul lays the foundation of a spirit-led individual. As he says, they declare Jesus is Lord. Amen? Do we declare that as a church? Jesus is Lord. There's a lot in, in the implication of the declaration that Jesus is Lord. He is not only God, but he is our God. He is my Lord. He is the Lord over my life. And thus, we declare that in the spirit of the living God. And last week, Paul compared being led by mute idols of idolatry to being led by the spirit of the living God as one who speaks the truth that Jesus is Lord. Last week, it was verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers. 
I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit allows us to declare in our hearts and our minds and with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Now we move on to the second part of this text in four through six in these points, two and three, as the Spirit is continuing to work for the glory of God. I think we understand this at Northwest Baptist well. Because we spend so much time on what is the gospel. We just did a DNA workshop this morning, which we had more than we've ever had before at a DNA class. But praise the Lord. Amen. But we went over most of our time on what is the gospel and how we as a church proclaim that gospel. But it is the finished work of Christ, of what he did on the cross, that saves us. It is not our work, it's his work. It's not of our own doing, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. We put our faith in Christ's work on the cross. And thus, your salvation is all about the glory of God. Christ did the work. It's for his glory. You are saved as a result of God's work. Thus, it is all about his glory. And the same is true of your work in the kingdom of God for the Lord. Whatever you accomplish in the work of the Spirit in your life, in the advancement of the kingdom of God, is not a result of your doing, but a result of the empowerment of the Spirit of the living God. And so all glory is to God for the work that is done through the Spirit in you as well. All glory is to God so that no man may boast. So not only our salvation, but also our work for the kingdom of God is all for the glory of God. So whatever gift we have been given, what work that we do, what service we perform, we give glory to God as the one who has given us the power to do it. Let me tell you something. If God removes that power from you, you are unable to do it. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. He that abides in me will bear much fruit. Apart from me, what? You can do nothing. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 6. Let's turn there. This is the Spirit at Work, part 2. We'll, we'll begin in verse 1 again. So stand with me in the reading of God's Word as we read through 6 this morning. 
Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However you were led, therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are a varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God. Who? empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You can be seated this morning. Praise God that he empowers his church to accomplish the work. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We're thankful that we're able to be here this morning to hear from your word. We pray desperately, Lord, that you would empower your church to be the people in which you want us to be. We pray, Father, that we would recognize that we can do nothing apart from you. That our work is in vain unless the Lord builds the house. And Father, help us to be a people who rely on you for everything in our life, in our work, in our ministry, in our church. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning that you bestow upon us that we could be people who are used by God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Cody and I just got back from a trip to Windsor, Colorado. It is one of the fastest growing cities in Colorado. I think in 2010, the city was 9,000 people. In 2023, the city is 42,000 people. In the church planter Spencer Hobbs neighborhood, He's a NAM church planter, North American Mission Board. By the way, we were the uh, highest giving church to the North American Mission Board for our size in the state of Oklahoma last year. Yeah. Yeah. They sent us a uh, certificate that declared that. And uh, by the way, so just, just in case you were thinking, you know, what are these talking about? North American Mission Board missionary in Windsor, so he's one of our guys from Oklahoma, and in his neighborhood alone, there's 28,000 people in his neighborhood alone, or his connecting neighborhood. It's all new houses, beautiful homes, and the mission team is going out there, is going to send 32 people to try and reach this, really, this neighborhood, and um, I'm excited about it. But as you look in these homes, all these homes are built in this, in this flat farmland area, agricultural area, and they look out to the beauty of the mountains, right? The Rocky Mountains. And you can see these pictures of even the sunset over the Rockies and the beautiful snow. We don't, we don't know a whole lot about these things in Oklahoma, do we? But you can go on the mission trip and see this. 
and, and see Long's Peak and Estes Park and snow-covered mountains. And as we're looking at these mountains, you know, you're kind of just in awe. But the, the missionary, the church planner there said something interesting. He said, people look at these mountains every day. And they miss the glory of God's creation. They see the beauty of God's created order. The height and the breadth and the depth of the the mountains and the sunset setting over the mountains and the snow. And when you get up into the mountains, you see the elk and the beauty of the animals And they miss the glory of God's creation. And he said it's almost like they have a veil over their eyes. They're completely blinded to see God. Mm. You know, the same is true sometimes of us. Sometimes we're blinded to see God's work through his spirit. We don't want to be people in the church who are blinded by the glory of God through the working of his people in the Holy Spirit. We not only see the living and true God through creation, but through the work of the Spirit when people exercise their gifts. Church, we, we don't want to take it lightly that one of our own people from our media team produced our high-quality video speaking about adoption a couple weeks ago. We don't want to overlook the deacon who sends his widows every week in the mail, the worship guide, and the email that we send out. We don't want to skim over Jill Webster who sings the gospel with the gifts in which God has given to her. Don't forget the prayer team in the prayer room that every single week spends an hour in prayer for our service, the work that goes on in our church, for our city. I walked in there the other day in our prayer room that's right there, House of Prayer, And I see young people on their face on the floor in prayer for you. An hour in prayer. Sometimes when we spend two minutes in prayer, we go, man, that's a long time. These young people are spending an hour in prayer. I encourage you to walk in there sometime. Let's not forget the welcome team and Denny's team and the tireless efforts and commitment to being a welcoming church. Let's not look at the mountains and go on with our life as if it's no big deal. Let us see the glory of the Spirit manifested through the gifts and service and the work of the Lord and see God and through those people. Let us see the body of Christ in the diversity of gifts given by the Holy Spirit as showing the glory of God. Church, the people in Colorado may miss God, but 
I think we're guilty of that too. Let us spend some time to sit back and, and stand in awe of God when he works through people. Let everything that is done be praise unto our God for giving us the ability to do it. So God not only gives us the ability to speak Christ as Lord, but he gives us the ability to move into action through gifts and service and work of the Lord. So let's see the glory of God through that. Let's look at verse four now. Now there are, a, are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Now in verse one, remember we talked about Verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, that, that word there is actually spiritual matters, spiritual things, spiritual people. And he describes in verse 4 through 6 three ways in which the, the Spirit expresses himself, these spiritual gifts or matters or things. One is through gifts, one is through service. And one is through activities, it's translated here, activities. Some people may translate it work or energy. So this is our second point this morning. The Spirit shows himself through a variety of ways. The Spirit shows himself through a variety of ways. Let's start with the first word he uses to describe these spiritual matters or these spiritual things. He uses the word gifts. The word for gifts in the Greek is charisma. We we would we have a word in English that's related to that word charisma, right? And we mean something attractive when we say charisma. But the word in the Greek comes from the word charis. In actuality, uh, Spencer, this, this week we, we were staying in his home, and his daughter, his two-year-old daughter, is named Charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And that in the Greek actually means grace. So literally, the charisma, or the gifts, translated in English, means Literally, grace gifts. Think about that. God in his grace gives you gifts. God in his grace chooses to use you, his church. He doesn't have to do that. He can speak through a burning bush. He can speak through a donkey. He doesn't have to use you, and yet he does. Why? As a result of his grace. And thus, because he chooses to use you, it is a gift of grace. Amen? 
he not only saves us by his grace, then he makes us useful for him to use. And thus, he gives gifts of grace. We're reading right now in the Old Testament in Exodus. If you've been reading along with us, if you've been doing the Bible rundown, you'll, you'll, you'll hear me and David's voices on, on the podcast. But we're in Exodus and how Moses is supposed to anoint the oil on the priest, the garments of the priest. He anoints the altar of the tabernacle. Everything in the tabernacle he's supposed to anoint with oil. And, and, and the anointing of oil is symbolic of these things being made holy or set apart to the Lord. Guess what? This is what God does with us, his church. As he declares us holy, the blood of Christ covers us in which we are now holy and now useful for God to come and dwell in. And that's what he does in the tabernacle. He anoints all these things. He makes it holy. He does all these sacrifices. And then God comes down, boom, and dwells in the tabernacle. And that's what he does with us. He makes you holy and righteous by the precious blood of the lamb. And he says, boom, you are now holy. Boom, the spirit comes to indwell inside of you. And you are useful to me now. Where otherwise you were not useful unto the Lord. So, I forgot where I was in the, in the story. I just got caught up in the moment. Thus the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, making us useful to the Master to do His work. So in the parable of the talents... Each of the servants of the master are given talents to be used as stewards of what the master has. Now this is interesting. Two of the servants use the talents. That means they spend the talents in order to make more talents. Or in order to multiply the talents. And the talent was nothing more than a few coins here. So they are stewarding what the master has given to them in order to multiply. They are using them to multiply the talents. But one servant decides, I'm not going to use the talent that I have been given. And so he goes off and he buries the talent and the master returns. And he says, I I just buried my talent. I I hid it so that I have at least one. I'm not going to use it. And thus the master ends up actually calling that one servant who hid his talent away wicked and slothful. Man. And then he says he is useless, useless, and he cast him into utter darkness. Man, that seems intense where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That seems pretty intense, pastor. 
But think about this. God has now made you useful. He has now declared you holy. And now he has given you gifts and abilities to now show the glory of God. And so to hide and say, no, I don't really want to use my gifts is to say, God's glory shown in my life is not worth it. It is to say that my God is not worth it. God has made you holy so that He can give you gifts in the Spirit to proclaim His glory. So God has created me and you useful to use what he has given me for the multiplication of his kingdom, yes. But hold on a minute. Before we get too far, we must understand not only has he given you grace gifts, he has given a variety of grace gifts. And he will show in chapter 12 later here that each gift is important. Why? Because each part of the body is useful to one another. Each part has different functions. And to make the body of Christ go, we need all the body parts functioning properly. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 says this, The eye cannot say to the hand, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. (laughs) Nor again can the feet say, or the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Isn't that interesting? Every part of the body of Christ is useful. And in fact, we actually need every part of the body. So that means that there are a variety of gifts in this room in which God has given to his people and all are needed in the church. The eye says to the hand, I I don't need you hand. Well, the eye can't pick and grab up things, can he? The hand says to the eye, I don't need you, and you're just feeling all around trying to figure out what to pick up, okay? So the eye needs the hands. And we're not all eyes. And we're not all hands. So we need each other. So the variety of gifts are needed. Brothers and sisters, you are needed in the body of Christ. You are necessary for the kingdom of God to operate effectively because God in his grace has given you gifts to be given. You say, Rob, what do do I do to use my gifts? I mean, I want to exercise them. I want to show glory of God, but I'm not sure how. We had probably, I don't know, 15, 20 people in our membership class today How do I do that? Well, let's just walk through the text. First, declare Jesus as the Lord. Okay? 
Number one, declare Jesus as Lord. Declare Jesus as Lord by confessing with your mouth. Then declare Jesus as Lord through the act of baptism. Then join yourself to the body of Christ. That means not only attaching yourself to the head who is Christ, but also attaching yourself to one another. That's what we talk about in membership. Meaning, join in the fellowship and the communion with the brothers and sisters in Christ. We call this membership. Giving our lives to one another. And once you have done this, you can see how the body is functioning. Right? You can also see if there's a need for an eye. If the body is lacking For an ear, how about a leg, how about a hand? This is why we, when we do our membership classes, we talk about the vision and the mission and the values in our membership. We want every member to know the goals that Christ has for his church. Number one, to make disciples. We we define it by love Christ and live his mission. Love Jesus, and then we live his mission. And the goals that Christ has set for his church, and we want each and every one of you in this body to help as the body moves towards that goal of loving Christ and living his mission. So it's not about your gifts. It's really not. It's not about what can I do. It's about the whole being able to accomplish the goals that Christ has set forth for his church. So the body of Christ functions properly to reflect the glory of God within his church as the hands and feet of Jesus. And it is the collective whole, not the individual. So Paul makes it clear that these gifts, these variety of gifts come together under the head who is Christ to create the body of Christ and they come from one spirit. And then he says, there are varieties of service but the same Lord. The word for service in the Greek, we we know this word, it's diakonia, which service, we get the word deacon, through the dust. It's not saying that uh, all the people who are gifted of the Spirit are deacons. That's not what it's saying. It's saying they do service work through the dust. It's interesting that graced gifts are paired with the Spirit and service is paired with what? The term Lord. A term earlier used for Jesus is Lord. When we think of the word service or ministry, we ought to think of the suffering servant who gave his life as a ransom for many. He came not to be served, but to serve. And his self-sacrifice is now emulated through the power of the Spirit, through the life of the church. 
Service is a tough thing, you know, in today's world. Have, have you guys been out to eat lately? It's tough to get good service, okay, in any aspect. Airlines, in, in, in hotels, in, in dry cleaners. I mean, it's hard, okay? It's hard to have good service. I mean, you used to, prior to the pandemic, prior to 2020, if you had bad service, you'd be like, oh, man, that was bad service. Now you're like, I just expect it. That was a joke. You can laugh, okay? It was my attempt at being funny. The worst is, though, when you walk up to a counter, like a counter, and people are behind the counter, and you look at someone in the eyes so they know that you, they see you, and they act like you're not even there. They just go on with their business, not a, hey, hold up, just one minute, let me finish this, or hey, how are you, or they just act like you're invisible, and you're just standing there like, am I not here to be served? I mean, this is not a place where I pay you money, and it's pretty awkward, the Dollar General, when you're thinking, man, did I just wear my stealth jacket today? I don't know. But we all know the king of service. We actually have some members that work here. The king of service, at least for fast food, is Chick-fil-A. We have have a couple that work here in Chick-fil-A. And the old, it's my pleasure slogan. Right? You, You say, thank you. And they say, it's my pleasure. I don't know if you've ever thought about this terminology or an understanding of how this terminology actually works. But this is actually who the church is. It's my pleasure. When we are led by the Spirit, because we say, it's my pleasure, after doing someone a favor, it's actually an expression of humility. It's like saying, don't get too excited about my self-sacrifice. I'm just doing what I like to do. And that's how the church is, ought to be when it, when it comes to service. Not, it's my pleasure. I'm just actually doing this because I want to do this. I want to serve the kids in the nursery. It's my pleasure to do that. I, I actually want to go, you know, meet with the family who just lost a loved one. It's, it's my pleasure to do that. And, the, and the, these, these acts of service, I'm in the parking lot on a 34 degree day. It's actually my pleasure. I want to be here. I'm just doing what I like to do. This is spirit-led people who do a variety of self-sacrifice. Why? Because they want to. Only in the power of the Spirit can we serve one another with a self-sacrificial attitude that reflects the gospel. Why? We lay down our lives for one another because Christ laid down his life for us. So the gospel transforms us to be able to lay down our life in service to one another. And the only way to do that is through what? The Spirit of the living God. And then the last word Paul uses to describe spiritual people or spiritual things is a variety of activities. So we have gifts, service, and now there are a varieties of activities. But it is the same God who empowers them all 
in everyone. The word here is enigmaton or whatever, enigmaton, there you go. Where we get the word energy, activity or work. Energy comes from this word. Work, activity. When I think of energy, I think of our brother who is with us, Richard and his wife, Deborah. If you don't know him, they call him Mr. Fantastico in the Language Learning Fellowship. Why? Because he is so energetic at ministering to people. He's, he spent every Wednesday night at Language Learning Fellowship planning and getting teachers and greeting people for decades now. And he is fantastic. So how does he have the energy to be able to serve people like that? To do the activity that he does at his age for so many years. It's because the spirit gives him the ability to do the work. I'll have to admit, sometimes doing the work is exhausting. Maybe not for Mr. Fantastico, but for all of us other people, sometimes it's exhausting. But it is the Spirit of God that revives and refreshes the person to do the work for the Lord. I can remember working a summer camp with... um, underprivileged kids called Kids Across America as a counselor. And the phrase was often given for us as counselors as people bust all in from New Orleans, New York, Chicago to one camp. What I need for them, I get from him. Amen? What I need for them, I get from him. And that could be you in your life right now. What you need for others to minister to love, to serve, to work. You need from the Lord to give out. And it's true today. If you're a leader in the church feeling exhausted or tired or worn out, don't lose sight of what is empowering your work. Examine your heart. See if there is any quenching or graving of the spirit in your life. What it tends to happen is sometimes we get consumed with the work that we have lost sight of why we are doing the work. And it begins to be all about us rather than the glory of God. Amen? So when it's about the glory of God, we're energized in the spirit by his supernatural ability to do the work. When it becomes about us, guess what? We're tired and exhausted. And it's hard. Sometimes we have to, amen. (laughs) Sometimes we have to renew our minds and go back to the basics. Jesus is Lord. Now we're starting to get a clearer picture of the spirit at work. It's not just giving you a supernatural ability, but an energy and a heart of service to do the work. God has given that to you. He's given you a heart to serve. He's given you a heart to do the work. All of it comes from God who receives glory because any work done is a result of him empowering us to do it. Right? 
You talk about Mr. David up here. I'm, I'm, I'm just calling everybody out today. But talk about Mr. David up here. He left his job as a manager at the Federal Reserve to come be a pastor. It's a pretty steep discount in his pay. I'll just say that. Why would he do that? Because the spirit of the living God called him to serve you as one of our pastors. Now we're starting to get a clearer picture of the spirit at work in our lives. Let me read this text for you one more time. We'll start in verse three. Therefore, I want you to be, understand that no one's speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is the curse. No one can say Jesus the Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. This is our third point, our second point this morning, the third point overall. The spirit empowers all the diversity of gifts to become the body of Christ. So now we have this picture of people who once worshiped mute idols, who now speak Jesus as Lord and are now set into motion to do the work. They're not idols who can't move. They're not idols who can't speak or see. Now they are filled with the spirit to not only speak Jesus as Lord, but to do the work in which God has called them to do. Oh, that God would take these dry bones and make them useful for his kingdom. Oh, that God would say to us as a church, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Oh, that when we see God at work and move among his people, we may say, glory to God in the highest. And we hear from those who who we serve, and they say, thank you. We may say, it is my pleasure. It is what I enjoy. May we be energized with the ability to do the work and say, praise God, because he gave me the energy to do it. Put the hard hat on, church. Because the church is at work. Because the spirit is at work and he lives in you. Verse seven, each to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Each of the manifestations of the spirit look vastly different in the body. Yet it's the same God who empowers them all. There is power in the unity of the body of Christ, understanding we are diverse yet one. The church is meant to be diverse. Diverse in giftings, diverse in service and work. Even in in our giftings on the stage, God has given us a diversity of giftings of how they relate to the congregation in song. That's a beautiful thing. We should rejoice over that. We can sing all different types of songs. Why? Because God has given us different types of leaders. We should rejoice 
that we don't just have one type of worship. We are diverse in our work. Everyone, if everyone was the same, the church could not function properly, nor could it reach a diverse people in America that we have. Even within each gift, there is a variety of ways to express that gift. Let's just take teaching, for instance. Most people say, well, Rob, you have the gift of teaching. Well, I'm not the only one in the church with the gift of teaching. Is not the gift of teaching, teaching junior high boys Sunday school? Mr. David Kinzer, who's watching this morning, we as a church are praying for you, David. Does he not have the gift of teaching? How about teaching twos and three-year-olds in the class? Somebody's down there teaching them this morning, telling them that God created these animals. It's a hard thing to do. Probably harder than preaching. And yet somebody is gifted to do that. I've done it before. It's very difficult. How about a gift of teaching to teaching a young mother how to raise their children in the Lord? Is that not the gift of teaching? How about teaching someone in a one-on-one setting how to spend time with God? Is not that the gift of teaching? You see, there are varieties of gifts and service and work, and we need them all to accomplish what God wants to accomplish within his church. So it is my conclusion, and I will conclude here as next week we actually have Hope is Alive, and they're coming, and so if you have friends or family that are affected by substance abuse, you need to come because Lance Lang, who's the head of the organization, is going to be preaching to us next week. It's going to be a great service. But after that, we are going to get into each of these gifts. What are they? How do they represent the Lord? How is it a manifestation of the Spirit? And apply these giftings to see maybe if we are short or lacking in any of these areas within our body. But it's my conclusion that God wants you. He has made you useful to him by the finished work of Christ upon the cross, now how shall you live? Proclaim Christ as Lord with your mouth and with your actions. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you have given so many gifts to your church. We thank you that your church, Father, is spirit-filled people declaring Christ as Lord who have been gifted to give of themselves for the glory of God. And Father, we ask, Father, if there's anyone here this morning that you would speak to them on whether they are to declare Christ as Lord in their life to declare Christ as Lord with their actions, with their service, with their work. Father, we just pray for each and every person in this room that you would give us 
you, because you are the God of comfort, that you would comfort us with your spirit. That you would encourage us to be a people who live for you. That we would not feel the weight and guilt of not living our lives for the glory of God or not doing this or not doing enough because it's not our work. But it's your work. Father, just help us to be humble servants who come before you and say, what can I do for the kingdom of God? Help us to be that our daily prayer. Lord, what what would you have for me today? How can I serve and love and use what you've given me for your glory? Father, we thank you and praise you for this body, these people from zero to 100 and the ages and the diversity of ages. And we just pray that they would be encouraged this morning by your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you'll stand.